double bill, double bill. Comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. Goes together like chocolate and peanut butter, like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, like a hamburger and a bun, like baby ducks and staple guns. Record scratch! Double bill, double bill, comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. Hello, I am worthless Mikey Scalpels in the Face <laughs> Postal. And I am Brian, kill it with fire, put fire in its face, Watson Jones. And I am Joshua, full thrust Humphrey. <laughs> full thrust Thursday. Just full the thrust tip, Thursday. Just the tip Tuesday, Humphrey. <laughs> Uh, those were some good outtakes, actually, from Bad Milo. <laughs> I really enjoyed those. <laughs> Bad Milo, in general, I enjoyed. Uh, before I, we get too much yeah. of talking about... As you can tell, this was another high culture week for <laughs> high culture. Double Bill. Hi, Mike Postle. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> Mikey, what What was your Double Bill? Uh, okay, so... Uh, <laughs> regret Bill. <laughs> no, no, no. This is not a regret bill uh, Apologies to Sam Landman. Uh, Regrettable. 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 No, I... Uh, Something that Josh and I started a couple of years ago was we would watch and uh, ho- and during the month of October we'd have a kind of a movie off of horror movies, and and I enjoy uh, horror movies a lot. And I enjoy horror movies a lot. And we and we we've kibitzed about like the uh, I mean we we sift through shit rivers to find the find the gold find the gold and it's kind of it's fun you know I mean we've we've picked themes we've we've done like quite a we've spanned the gamut so I couldn't. With the with the beginning of this po- podcast, I was very excited that my double bill fell in the month of October. And here yeah, we are. Here, here, here we are. are Fifteen midway, days, 50 into, days November. into November, releasing my double bill, which I wanted to be a horror. And this will probably come out like at Thanksgiving. Right. <laughs> Enjoy Happy your Thanksgiving. Turkey. Happy Thanksgiving. We're gonna play rip. this during the family dinner. In fact, when you're when you're brining your turkey, it's a fun game to play. Uh, it's a fun game to play basket case. And then, like, tuck the turkey under your T-shirt, and when mom comes in the room, let it fall out and go, Ah, oh, Belial, Belial! <laughs> anyway, I picked the movie's um, variations of the theme. What would you say the theme was? Name the movies! All right, yeah, you better so name the movies. The two movies that I, that I chose, because Howard the Duck was off the, uh, was off the menu, uh, were <laughs> Basket Case... And uh, Bad Milo. Bad Milo was a very recent release. Basket Case is the uh, cult movie. 82. 82. Really? One year older than I am. One year older than J-Hump. One, and one year younger than me. One year younger than B-Dubs. And uh, Basket Case deals, and to uh, get into them consecutively, we watched the elder of the two first. Mm-hmm. Basket Case deals with... <laughs> they They waste no time getting into it. Basket Case deals with <sighs> conjoined twins that were separated... Um, they call them, they, they refer to themselves as at one point Siamese twins, but the extraordinarily well acted film, I can't even say that with a straight <laughs> face. Um, anyway, the cop never came back, did he? He was, no, he, but was, he was excellent. Yeah. It wouldn't be called basket case if there was no basket boo boo. And, uh, boy, our, our Ario Speedwagon hair protagonist does walk around with a basket containing his... Thanksgiving turkey-looking, beautiful <laughs> blue-eyed conjoined twin. Um, he had some eerie blue eyes. I have to yeah. say, they I were lo- they were weirdly Especially in engaging when he was a teenager. Yeah. I've I read of I've read a lot about Basket Case uh, going into it. 
Was um, it good? <laughs> was the, it good reading? The, the, the bandied term is it's a uh, cult favorite. Uh, I knew I knew the premise and the plot and that, you know, the idea of your conjoined twin. Uh, the first thing I mentioned was there was a fantastic episode of The X-Files. Yes. Uh, that deals with the uh, quote-unquote village in uh, Florida that employs uh, sideshow circus performers. And uh, the character, Vincent Chevalier plays a uh, guy whose uh, conjoined twin detaches itself and because he's an alcoholic, goes searching for a new host. Mm-hmm. It's really fascinating, and it's one of it's one of my favorites. It, it gets up there on reviews, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, you know. So uh, anyway, back to uh, basket case. We are introduced to the the gritty, the gritty New York, late seventies, uh, early eighties New York. Yeah, yeah it this felt is very seventies. I'm surprised it was eighty two. The pre Giuliani, grimy New York, the yeah. grimy New York that you can imagine Travis Bickle driving around and talking to himself in the rear view, mm-hmm. and uh, the lead singer of Ario Speedwagon. It's not really the lead singer. Checks himself and his basket into and his a Afro. A What's CD, in the basket? A CD, put the fucking lotion in the basket. So this movie basically like asked us to like just put words in. It was terrible. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible all around. Terrible effects. Terrible acting. Uh, Josh nearly had the neighbors call or the police called on us when he was doing his impersonation of of uh, fat-faced Jay Leno, Sigourney Weaver amalgamation, <laughs> screaming. It's uh, the, the nude scene. I thought you were going to go with my uh, Krang impression, actually. Right. Shredder, where's my body? No, no, Get I'm, me a body. No, I'm sure your neighbors are used to that. <laughs> if, oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> if you use the movie Basket Case as a primer on... How anything. You, you've made terrible choices in your life. Anything. Sorry, on sexually, on sexually arousing a woman. Ugh. Uh, you will that learn, was disturbing. You oh will my. learn that that Ugh. pressing on her her nipple directly is not an on switch. Okay, so you, anyway, you, you can't just non sequitur and drop that in there, really. Yeah, we can. No, because the movie did. Why can't the movie did? Like his vestigial twin, they have like a psychic connection, and of he's getting do. it on with. Uh, she has these huge teeth. That's all I remember from her. Really, she's blonde she's and has the, these yeah, huge teeth. Receptionist. She's a receptionist of one Apparently of the doctors. Nobody like, in New the York. The doctors who the split guy. them up. They're trying to get revenge upon them. Mm-hmm. Or and it's all like Belial's idea. Belial is like the vestigial twin. Yeah. And which, he's, he, which, by the way, the surgery scene for the separation and flashback. That went on a long time. Yeah, and I they, could almost follow the steps of what they were right. doing. And granted, I, I don't know where they were supposed to be injecting Belial, but they obviously had trouble finding a vein. They just kept sticking in his forehead. Well, yeah, the guy's anatomy makes no sense whatsoever. So okay, so so anyway, as I was saying, arms. like like they have like a psychic connection, and Belial's getting really jealous of like his normal looking counterpart, like macking on this girl, mm-hmm. and then so it goes and macks on a girl and has one of the most disturbing sex scenes I've ever witnessed in anything. Rewinding even further back, Josh touches on the <laughs> crux. Josh is touching on the crux of the movie. It starts off with like the horrifying death of somebody by a sightless something, and then and then it goes into this. I mean, it is. It's conjoined twins. He keeps his. He keeps Belial. That is the name of the the Thanksgiving Why turkey. Would you looking name anything Belial. Uh, he keeps <laughs> really the basket, him. and uh, they have a psychic connection. the The funny part about this is that it allows for quite a bit of uh, long winded, one sided speeches 
that I guess uh, Peter Jackson uses with Gollum to great effect. But in this movie, it just looks kind of ridiculous of this guy talking to himself, being petulant, hitting himself like he's trying to work talking himself up for to a, a toilet. I said this as we were watching it. It felt like Garfield without Garfield. It felt yes. like Garfield. <laughs> Brilliant. That's about it. That's what it felt Only like. With more blood everywhere. A lot of more blood. And a more horrible effects. And so what they're doing is they're they're hunting down the they're hunting down the doctors that performed this this extraordinarily violent surgery to remove Belial from our protagonist. The surgery in itself and the it, 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 the kid. I the, did like the like the scar that Dwayne had. The scar he the had when he showed it. Okay, that was like the best effect. Everything was up, it? It was totally. It didn't work for me. Everything everything up there was blood was either dark red or it looked like tempera paint from a little kid's finger painting class. Yeah. Uh the the violent scenes were interspersed with literally like a cutaway, cut back quick where they had the guy put on the makeup or the or the, or the victim put on makeup. And when and when Belial is like attacking people, it's obviously that it's just on them and they're flailing around. Right. It's just a basketball this, with latex arms. Yeah. yeah, and and literally it looked like it looked like an injection molded those goblin toys. Remember those things from the eighties? Mm-hmm. The the hand puppets where you could see the seams around it, where they obviously lifted up the vacuum form and they probably didn't right. cut it away well enough. You're like, oh my god. Would you call it the oh, injection was... mold? Yeah. Is that what you could see on the side yeah. of the seam? Yeah, yeah, the seam. The injection mold seam. And there were a couple of claymation sequences oh. when Belial was trashing the hotel room, just so throwing stuff they, for no reason. They mentioned that as well. Uh, the psychic connection, you could tell, they, they try to be subtle about it. Uh, where there's he, nothing subtle about there's the glowing red eyes. It's about as subtle as a bowling ball to the forehead while you're laying on the floor. So he he wants to mac on this receptionist and he tries to play quiet. And, he, and later on, he he talks to this woman we were all convinced was a drag queen, but clearly wasn't a drag queen. But she was very fond of smiley faces. And then we mm-hmm. wondered if maybe this became the Watchmen or Forrest Gump. <laughs> um, but. You know, he he he, confer- he he basically does his little plot, plot synopsis. I keep my brother, my Siamese twin, in this basket. And then there's this protracted flashback scene, mm-hmm. which isn't even... With even- hat, which, when we went into the flashback, wavy lines. <laughs> <laughs> they had wavy lines, and then nothing to, like, to distinguish it from anything else except to say, oh... Now, now it's a flashback scene. We have a kid, who, by the way, for the movie's credit, they got a kid who looked very much like the lead... Yeah, he did, yeah. The first shot, I actually thought it was the guy trying to play younger until yep. it lasted longer. You no, can tell, that, no, that was you a 12-year-old. Huh. You can't act that mullet. Um, yeah. The kid gets the Belial. When Belial is removed, the surgery, the quote-unquote surgery, where they get a veterinarian and two other doctors yeah. who argue but then eventually relent very easily. Very easily relent. Yeah, and... and- Okay, I'll do it. It was the veterinarian doing all the surgery, and the other doctors were the anesthesiologist and the dude who wasn't even in scrubs helping pull the thing off. Well, you know, guys, Bilal might not even be human. Oh. (sighs) So they they, they keep injecting the face of this Thanksgiving turkey with blue eyes, and they keep injecting it. Thanksgiving turkey, that gray. And then then they gas the kid, and they, they cut it out. Fake blood is squirted everywhere, and it's and, and the worst part is it's not even like a splatter or anything. It's like somebody sitting there with a tube. Action! Yeah, it's arterial spray, and I mean, like there's if blood comes out in that straight of a line, it's bad. Uh, nurse, who's it? The one that looks like Sigourney Weaver wore Cutter? a face mask and that had was Doctor Cutter. Doctor yeah. Cutter, yes. Yeah. All of these names. Subtle. 
Subtle allegory right there. Was the other one Needleman? Oh, yeah. Needleman. And he was the anesthesiologist doing the injection. Needleman, oh, Cutter. Uh, there was Dr. Liftlander. Liftlander. There I'm was... not sure what that's supposed to stand for. There no, was maybe, Dr. That, maybe falls, our theory falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Dr. Ball Cutter. You know, it was just weird right. stuff. So the bottom line is that that's, you know what's going on now. You don't need to even see the movie. I would encourage you not to see the movie. <laughs> It's that bad. So uh, when the kid and has his like minor fights with the toilet beastie, we'll get into that in a little bit later. But like the beast hides in the toilet, he towels it off. He loves it. He says, "I'll never leave you." Oh, they had a bonding scene. There's a bonding scene with the towel, and, and mm. eventually, the, the the receptionist comes back. She says, "I love you," or she says, "I don't want to be alone." Subtle, and he. Uh, it's just. Most awkward second basing in movie history. The most Until awkward. about 30 minutes mm-hmm. later. Yeah. I'm looking at the IMD page of these and just trying to see if any of these actors really did anything afterwards. He's he's getting he's getting ready to go to town. We're, we're making jokes because we're like, finally, a horror movie that is so terrible, but we're expecting the tropes to happen. So there's got to be a sex scene because we know that the sex scene is probably... Brian, right. Brian was calling it out. It's probably you know, going to be the one that sets off the final, like... You know, Belial and and protagonist mm-hmm. like that's gonna have to happen. Right. So what happens? It it it, it pops out. No no pun intended. Boing. While the kid is trying to like get his groove on, girlfriend freaks the fuck out. And so my my personal favorite part is how he he stops this from happening. He wraps her in a blanket and he throws her out of the room physically. Like. Kicks her yeah. out, so like she hits the wall, head hits the wall. I'm surprised she didn't fall down the stairs. I'm surprised she didn't get a concussion. <laughs> and he slams the door, and she turns around, and instead of running away screaming, like, I saw this little shit demon, she turns around, pounds on the door, is like, what's going on? What's going on? And you're just like, run! You don't need your jacket back that Seriously. badly. Just get, mm-hmm. out, of get there. out of there. You, you, oh, my God. You go home, pack enough. your things, and move. I actually felt for him in that scene, because, you know, he was almost there. Right. This poor country bumpkin who's well, never mean, had any kind of relationship in the time. He talked at one like point about movie. how she was the first girl he kissed. Mm-hmm. Oh. It was very sweet. And he almost went all the way and then his stupid brother in a basket sitting on the goddamn table three feet away. You know, away. that was my problem in, in high school. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I make, Sex I make in front terrible. of your evil conjoined twin. Like, I've, put him in the bathroom or something. I've, like I've a, made jokes like about that because, I mean, we talk about a movie like a Dark Half, if you guys remember that, mm-hmm. a Stephen King story about conjoined twins. Mm, dark and, Half would have been good for this, actually. Yeah, right? Right. Mm. So they get absorbed in utero and then blah, 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 blah. I used to, when the, to, the very few times I've gotten a massage and I've got the magic knot, which is usually a pretty big knot. I'm always the same repeated regurgitated joke. So now you all hear it here. They're like, oh my god, that knot. I'm like, that's probably teeth and, you know, probably a couple fingernails. It's my conjoined twin. I absorbed in utero. (laughs) (laughs) And I think Belial would have been better off being absorbed because this kid had problems. So he he then somehow manages to go on a on a dream a dream sequence, which is a dream sequence. Well, you finally we we finally get our first peaks of nudity. Which is this this man child? Uh, I can't fight this feeling anymore. Oh God! Running yeah. bare ass down the street for whatever reason. They don't. He Not just, sure he, why. He just is doing it. No, no. I, I I figured this out. It it's him getting the psychic link of the twin running naked down the street. Oh, the difference is the twin is this lump of gray 
clay thing so like with though, a head in it. Dwayne, though, in his mind, imagined him as his actual twin. Right, because he's getting he's twin. getting the... Okay. Because, you know, he went to sleep after that, because that's the sort of thing you can totally And, you know, that's really after. interesting, like, in terms of, like, Belial having a self-image as, like, a regular man. Right. right. That's not brought or, or just <laughs> Or just him seeing himself yeah. going down the street, not seeing the difference between them. Very Tyler Durden. And so we get uh, we get some full frontal business, which in this day and age would be cause for an MPAAA, MPAA uproar. Yeah, um, certainly not the people getting torn in half by a rubber mask. Mm, that that would get no. you, that would get you PG thirteen. Meanwhile, hmm? the tough part we have in his dream in his dreamscape, we see a lot of these hands, which we all figured was probably the director. Uh, the receptionist is sleeping in bed because again, this is the sort of thing you just go home and go to sleep after you see this sort yeah. of mm-hmm. giant clay monster made of rotted flesh mm-hmm. sort of thing. Moreover, you you go to sleep naked with a very interestingly cut out sheet, which is an old cliche, but this movie rode that thing like a bronco at the rodeo. Mm-hmm. The sheet perfectly covered the toddies and I un- think it feels just good to fit, wear a sheet that way. I'm yeah, saying. and then down to the yeah. knees, and then the, the sheet, the awkward point of view cam of like the facial stroking, which probably had about as much subtlety as again the aforementioned bowling ball to the forehead while laying in the ground, and we just joke, 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 joke. It's like it's like slathering on Matt. Ugh, it was just terrible until finally the sheet gets removed, and when when we get the great reveal of the nudity on the female side. And then it just gets all sorts of shitty. Yeah, awkward. you're kind of talking like it's sexy, but it's not. It's it wasn't. It, I, I, I am yeah, kind I of talking up because it's literally like poking. It's about as it's about as. It sex- was fun. More than what two to three people in the room at the first nipple touch went boop. Oh, and we we're like, it nope, is- nope, nope, nope. That's like cause what? Because it wasn't like a sexy nipple touch. No, no, it, wasn't. it was like ringing a doorbell. Yes, and they do Gently, it though, and they do it. Ringing a doorbell. Three times. Caressing. Three times. It's like, no, nope, no one's home. After this sort of experience that she had, not only was she able to go home and just sack out, but sleep so deeply, she could have her face stroke and get inadvert- uh, unwillingly second-based yeah. and just sleep right through it. And it went further than second-based. It did. And then probably, and whatever's the kid... going on in his anatomy, something was happening to her. Oh, well, and... that, whole area, uh, that whole area is where they sliced him off. Right. right. So what was I don't know and I don't want to. So then we get a sex scene with the uh, Thanksgiving turkey and this woman. And our hero, I guess, comes in, sees it and stops it. But doesn't just stop it and pick it up and run off. No, Belial isn't quite done yet. And so he's got to kind of like force him off while the sound effects are like, Belial is moving. He's humping. He's humping away, this puppet humping, and uh, we finally get into the end of it, which ends about the same way you would expect, and there's deaths, and we think Belial is dead. We've got the Greek chorus of hookers uh, watching as he falls. As was required by mm-hmm. Law as was by York in the late 70s, early yep, 80s. Yep. I yeah. say if you want a better movie for puppet humping, you should watch Beat the Feebles. I wouldn't say it's a better movie, but it's a better movie. But it's a better movie than that. Right. Any well, and then on the scale of one to ten, anything, anything. Get put two socks on your hand and hit your elbows together until you start your funny bone starts to get numb. That's a better puppet humping movie than Basket Case. It was puppet it humping. was terrible. Mm-hmm. The, uh, one more call out, I guess. Also, the speaking of Greek chorus, 
because this happens in every single tenement hotel in New York in the late 70s, early 80s. You have a colorful cast of people, including the curmudgeonly Dennis Franz looking uh, yeah, landlord. Was, yeah, yeah, the Super Mario mustache. <laughs> Super Mario man, who apparently does not like shirts, whereas does the suspenders and the belt, but then also has his pants unbuttoned and unzipped. Yeah. Because landlord. Yeah. And then the rest of the people in the building who always come out as soon as they hear noises, yeah, and he always yells at them and tells them to go back to the room. We got the, the hooker with a heart of gold. We got the drunk thief. We got the... Who gets clawed. Uh, who gets clawed. We, we got, get the, the, the pink bathrobe Andy Kaufman looking guy. The, yeah. the old woman who's still the old living woman. like she's 20, who's yep. got rouge all up to her ears. Yep. Adrian Barbeau looked like. And yeah. uh, he still tells them to get out of there and mind their own business. Nah, 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 nah. This happens, incidentally... Approximately 17 or 18 times during the course of the entire movie. Yeah. I was I, saying, I'm not even being hyperbolic. They actually, every time a scratch happens, everybody comes up and goes, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? I heard a noise. And so. I'm just assuming they're hanging out in the hall and waiting because they're <sighs> ready. There's something has even to happen. Even though they're hanging out in the hall and waiting, that seems to be most of their social life actually and, yeah. is just hanging out there. I was saying if they if we make a supercut of this movie, it's got to be shots of an open window that Belial's just escaped out. So you just see the curtain fluttering in the breeze interspersed with the 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 super i don't think he's the landlord he no, superintendent about yeah, yeah the superintendent throwing his himself house. out of behind his desk to run up the stairs and see what's going on yeah belial is also bestowed with magical be strength because that thing oh yeah he had a lot of leverage he had a lot of leverage points he picked up boy by his gonads and held him aloft yeah that was weird yeah. It was just like from what? his basket. He just grabbed Wayne's junk and lifted him up. Yeah, yeah. from basket, his basket. Basket, basket case on a bed. He has basket no... case grabbed Wayne by his basket and lifted him in the air. There's an irony there. I don't know Which, what it is. Again, that's one of the necessary evils of this kind of movie. Because if that thing actually had proportional strength, the first fight would have been five minutes, and the screaming doctor would have won. He would have yeah, kicked it his in strength the face was very variable. And his, he'd be dead. He broke down a door at one point. I yeah. would have. I would have dunked Belial in some brine. And some sage and thyme and rosemary. No, stuffing, we're not going down that road. Putting it in the I oven. I don't want to. Thanksgiving is coming, Brian. Just I think think about it. Let's take a break. You're ruining my Thanksgiving. Let's take a break, yeah. please. <laughs> and we're back. I yeah. Let's let's be done with the awful. We're done with the awful. Let's get to the good. What's the good? Uh, the bad, good was Bad Milo. Yeah, Bad Milo laughed a lot. Bad Milo. I uh, I'm a big fan, and so Bad Milo uh, was my other pairing where we have something that is inside or interior. Is in his stomach. In his stomach. In his colon. Colon, yeah. not stomach. Not stomach. And uh, so we have the uh, our our lead character played by Ken Marino as under stress has intestinal disorders, spends a lot of time in the bathroom, goes to doctors, has colonoscopies. Uh, eventually it's found out that he has a demon that manifests himself and comes out and it's the form of this little pink shit blood covered demon. I just But very that. cute. But very adorable, adorable. big big a shaved eyes. Ewok. Right. It's basically what it is. And uh it attacks the sources of his anxiety and animosity. Um and that's that's the uh that's the go through of this movie. And we have a we have a pretty Eclectic but impressive cast of characters. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jillian Jacobs is plays uh, Ken Marino's mm-hmm. like, Ken, wife. 
We have Ken, and also pedigree. Ken Marino of uh, of the state, mm-hmm. Red Hot American Summer. Jalen Jacobs, as you guys said, of Community. We've got Patrick Wartburton. Oh. We've got Peter Fucking Stormare. <laughs> Stephen Root. Stephen Stephen Root is in there. Uh, Mary Kay Place is mm-hmm. in there. Um, so we have a we have a fairly impressive cast. It's so like the the oh I don't want to compare them yet, but like. As the basket case had bad actors, we have good actors in this one. We do. Uh, we have good actors delivering lines, having fun with a little bit of improv. Mm-hmm. And I think I think what we're seeing here is the is the evolution of a shitty ass movie like Basket Case, in the form of Bad Milo, where that's you know, giving a lot of credit. To that's Basket case. giving a lot of credit, but at the same time, you <laughs> I know, don't want to give any credit to that movie. No, but you know, at the same time, you get movies like Bad Milo, and and you get you get a lot of parody movies where or not the anthology parody movie, but the pure parody movie where the guys from the state who are kind of like, you know, Ken Marino of the state where they do like that quirky kind of darkish humor, you know? And mm-hmm. I mean, it, it never, there was, there was a he mind. He put Ohan very well. Like, I mean, he looks stressed. He looks stressed out. Uh, you knew kind of what was going on in the movie and you have a cute little puppet. The blood was, <laughs> the blood made more sense. It was CGI. I, I I don't know. I I liked it. I think I would even say Well that one scene where Garrett dies. Right. I mean that is some CG blood. I do like that his name's not Garrett. His character name wasn't Garrett. No, but it's he will not. forever be Garrett from community. Yeah. I have no idea what his actual real name. I think yeah. it's I'm on the IMDB. I can find it maybe. The guy I have so much respect for him because he's he's got a very specific physical type and he is rocking it. He is. He's totally rocking it. He does so well. I love him. Make your money, pal. Crisis <laughs> uh, alert. I, I just really, uh, I really, I actually enjoyed just it. Just like Ken Jeong, he's milking it for all he's worth. Oh, yeah. fuck yeah. Because, you know, God, Ken Jeong can't go back to being a doctor like he is, you know? Yeah. Um, he is a doctor. Yeah, I yeah. know. Uh, so. <laughs> That's a lateral career move. For sure. So, so with Bad Milo, we have some, I mean, uh, the the easy way to look at it is it's a guy who is really struggling with his responsibility. Uh, his responsibility of, you know, work. Uh, and the stresses of, of being a responsible person in the workplace, mm-hmm. coupled with the responsibilities of the potential of having a kid and a baby. Right. Um, it's played for laughs, but you know, if you if you really dug deep and you wanted to find the the subtext and some, you know, that's and where the heart eventually lies, it's going to be in there. He's got his. He also has daddy issues. His dad, played by Stephen Fucking Root. Um, and I mean, everybody like. Does, I mean, the thing is, people don't play it. Stephen Root not caring a fuck. Really yeah, is Peter Stormare, amazing. Peter Stormare not giving a fuck. I mean, it's just you're looking at these people. Mary Kay Place making out with a younger guy who wants to be called his dad. Mm-hmm. It's just like, ugh. There's awkward, uncomfortable bits, but at the end of it, I I had a good time with it. it, it yeah, it's a little cheesy. Definitely, definitely not for everybody, but much. Oh, uh, much, very much a step up from Basket Case. Though. Christ, I, can, I was I was like I was like watching a masterpiece in comparison. I know, and actually, that was the that was a shot in the arm I needed to just be like, oh, so these are people who are a so much better on camera than these poor homeless folk. They must have drudged out yeah. of like people who know how to deliver lines. Mm-hmm. Who don't just shout elder lines in your mouth and your face? Well, I think Basket Case is like a labor of love for that director. He had that idea. God, and he I just hope wanted so. To I hope it wasn't a he labor wanted to of run hate. with it. Well, you know, and 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 to, and to like flip back for just a quick second, that time, the late seventies, early eighties, was the eco, the time of the biological and ecological uh, 
fuckfest that was the dredges of Jaws, you know? Mm-hmm. We had Kingdom of the Spiders. We had, like, mutant fucking bears. Yeah. We had mutant rats. I've seen another chug. movie by Frank Hellenlauter who did Basket Case. Do you want to know what it is? Which one? Frank and Hooker. Oh, yeah, we, want, yeah, we talked about yes. that. Oh, that piece of work. Yeah. Wow. Which is actually acting one. Now, just, like, looking back and seeing it, it's like, oh, yeah, totally same director. Yeah, but also Frankenhooker was still a better movie at yeah, the end it of the day. Well, he's just the, what, he's the bottom end of the scale that also gave us Francis Ford Coppola. Because it's the whole, what, auteur movement. Hmm. The late 70s, early 80s. It was an auteur movement, but, I mean, when, in terms of horror movies that people were wanting to see... They were trying to see like the you know the biological ones. Mm-hmm. We had gone past uh, you know the Exorcist days of supernatural. Now we're getting back uh, to yeah. like mm-hmm. what sort of body horror and like real horror could happen. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is why I sort of instead of asking case, I wish we would have watched The Brood. I think that would have been really a good that pairing that would have been that would have been a good one <laughs> or uh, some Cronenberg film anyway. Ugh. You don't or, like Cronenberg at all? I I have to brace for Cronenberg, and it's I, true. I still haven't figured out how to. Like, do you brace for Cronenberg with a shot of whiskey, or do you avoid all alcohol for a week? No, no. Like, what we do, what we do is we watch Videodrome and uh, The Wizard. Double. So I have a personal theory. Okay. That um, it, before every double bill, both Josh and Mike put a ten dollar bill in a jar, and the first one who comes up with a pairing that can make me quit gets the jar. <laughs> make you quit. That's, make me quit this podcast. That's my theory. What's was any more criteria? Like, no, that's does, it. It just that's has to be bad. That's it. Bad parents. The, the thing that makes me quit. The thing that makes me go, okay, How that's close it. were you with Basket I, Case on uh, a scale of 1 to 10? Not terribly, actually. That, I Obviously, I did not take part in um, this horror movie off you guys have had the last couple of years, mainly because I'm busy with um, acting in well, a We didn't do it this year, too. Well, yeah, you know, the last few years. I'm always busy in October. It's my holy time. I, I'm in a haunted house trying to make people pee their pants, occasionally succeeding. And the thing with horror movies is I will watch them and enjoy them. Uh, the really scary ones freak me out. I do have an oddly low tolerance for a guy who actually is the monster sometimes. Um, the goofy, schlocky horror movies, I will watch and enjoy absolutely to my peak. I enjoyed Basket Case for for its awfulness. But I, I won't sit down and watch them of my own accord. I was dating a guy recently who didn't like horror movies at all, so it was a bad pairing oh, in the first that. place. He was terrified by the stuff. Oh, come on. I know, right? It was crazy. And I was like, you got to go sit down and watch that. And he was like, nope, I'm not going to do that. See, not going to do it ever. He was just terrified by the stuff. We and were, it's just like, uh, what? What, what? What's going on? And I've been, I've been called down on that. you got a high tolerance. Years. you got to remember. I do have a high tolerance. I do. I just, you know, the, the movie I remember most from my childhood that really scared me was The Gate. Yes. Mm. And with the kid with the eyeball in the middle of his the hand. The phone that was like, you've been bad. I'm yeah. just like, Bruh. All the little gremlin-like things yeah. running around all over the place. And I remember being scared of that. I went and watched it recently. It's still good. Like, in terms of, like, the much better stop-motion animation than, like, uh, Basket Case here. Because there was a huge demon that came out of the ground at oh, one yeah. point. It was pretty amazing. Uh, but that, I remember, it was just like, oh, this isn't really that scary at all. In fact, the scariest, the thing that got me the most was the dog dying. Oh, like, right. dogs right. just, you know, goes right to your heart. That, anyway. That, I mean, that was, but again, that was also a great time to be like 10, 11, 12, because mm. the same thing happened when I would have mm. sleepovers and, and I had, I had the, the golden ticket to the, the video store. I had the ticket. My mom signed off and she's like, my son can rent R rated movies. I pref- he can't get like, and she, she did it to encourage this love of like horror movies because I went through my, my 
moulage and blood and blah and like makeup mm -hmm. special effects. I knew about Tom Savini and Dick Smith and all those guys. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is great. A new director. I was like, yeah. So I, uh, I remember getting, uh, having a sleepover with buddies and we watched Nightmare on Elm Street. And then we go and we have a little sleepover my parents' Winnebago, which was parked next to the neighbor's cherry tree, which in a windy night was scratching against the window. That's bad juju, man. Oh, the, I mean, and then your brain goes crazy. Oh, yeah. And it's, it, and it's great. Basket case does nothing. Even back then, I knew. Did you? Did you? Were you telling us earlier though that you had to shut it off like halfway through, like when you were originally watching it, that your mother didn't want you to watch it, or am I mishearing? Did oh, you're mishearing? no, no, no. That was that was, was that something not, else. No, no. Okay. My mom, my mom was like fine. The only thing I would ever get sent out, and this is a South Park, a South Park commentary. I would horror movies, ripped off flesh, Hellraiser, everything is great. Cussing, okay. We'll 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 get through the cussing. As soon as that areola makes an appearance, Mad Dog, get out of the room. You can't watch the smut. No, no titties. Like Terminator, one of my favorite movies. Violence, when I was fine, a kid. sex, no. Yeah, it was fine. As soon as that sex scene between uh, between Sarah Connor and and Kyle Reese happened, out of the room for like all of the minute and a half that it goes on while the soft music plays and the synthesizer plays, yeah. and then come back in and watch like you know the melty face stuff. Um, I don't. I mean, seriously, that was. That was what it was. Not that we didn't sneak and see naughty bits anyway afterwards. But well, yeah. Um, so bad Milo. No, no nudity. <laughs> Even though, and that, well, I mean, Milo was nude. Milo was a little was a little wrinkly, pinkly thing. You with, saw things coming out of asses, but they were but you they never, were past asses. Yeah. You you never implied. you never you, oh you saw one fake implied ass, and that was when the doctor had his face. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, in the dream it, sequence. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this, but that was in a medical setting. Yep. During but, a colonoscopy. And the colonoscopy was about as dirty, about as nude. A dream sequence colonoscopy. It was about as nude as you can get. Everything else was fairly implied or talked about. It was as a horror movie go. It was a pretty good spoof. And mm -hmm. I like Bad Milo quite a bit. Probably not like my top 100, but if you guys want, if you're into seeing a kind of a goofy, funny horror movie, check out Bad Milo. I would, I would be curious what's on top of your like top 100. Uh, wait, wait, how far away is Milo from even being on it? Uh, you know, <laughs> well, I think Milo. Because sort of like here, when you mention it like that, it almost implies that it's just missing it. Here, here's my question. Is the top of your 100 a serious horror movie or this sort of satire parody? Oh, are we talking just 100, oh, 100 if, top if, horror I mean, movies? if I was going to tell you, I'd, use, I'd have to say things like, you know, you toss out the the Exorcist, which which touches all the core, oh, oh. or or Jaws, which if you want to call that a horror movie, which I do, which is probably singularly hands down one of still the best fucking movies ever. It it does it, or Alien, or a I mean Alien, the first one, not Aliens, which got more action sci-fi, but the mm -hmm. first one, which scared the shit out of me as a kid. But then you look at movies like that do add the whole, the comedy element, and John fucking Landis nailed it. With an American Werewolf in London. God, it's so good. An oh, American Werewolf in London with these two buddies like walking off the moors. And the first thing, it's not like they're like, okay, you know they're going to get into bad shit. They walk off the trails and what do they do? They start singing Santa fucking Lucia. And, and they're just joking. And it's like, how can anything bad happen to these two buddies? And that's when the shit hits a fan. And then they come back, it comes back to life and he's like... You look like a meatloaf, Jack. It's like they're still joking and being dicks mm -hmm. to each other. It's not like this supernatural spooky element. Um, or look at movies like the original Omen, the tone of the original Omen, you know, with, mm -hmm. with like digging in the, I mean, my mom, I remember like holding hands with her as they're digging and she's like, honey, they're going to find a jackal. I'm like, why are they going to find a jackal? She's like, because Satan is the son of the jackal, according to this movie. And it's like, whoa, whoa, what? 
You know, just shit like that. Or Patrick Troughton getting, like, the second doctor getting stabbed by a goddamn church spire and his room filled with crucifixes. That is, like, iconoclastic. Now, you get a bad Milo, though, at the very... It's at the bottom of the list. It it scratches it. I would put movies like Shaun of the Dead Mm -hmm. way above this one. Fuck, I'd even put, In terms of horror comedy. Yeah, or fuck it, I'd even put, like, Zack Snyder's, like, remake of Day of the Dead, you know, on top of this one. But at the same time... Zack Snyder remade Day of the Dead. Well... Oh, uh, no. Did, what was Dawn, of the, Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. That's it. That's I think it. they did remake Day of the Dead, and I don't think anybody has seen it. No. They remade Night of the Living Dead, and it took all the oomph out of it, but they said yeah. it was still cast because they made the female protagonist, like, super strong Sigourney Weaver, but they still had Candyman as the fucking, as Ben Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and again, Candyman. One I rewatched, and I'm like, meh. But when I saw it when I was 17 years old, I'm like, God, I don't want to drive home from Ham Lake in the pitch black. You know, I first oh, saw man. Candyman a few years ago and I really liked it. Like in terms of just the tone and kind of the atmosphere it was building, I thought that was really a good film. Actually, it held up. Well, I mean, it was still 90s-ish film, but it felt like that. But it still held up pretty well. The scary yeah. movie that stuck with me from when, from when I was a kid wasn't even a movie. It was a, I saw a, about half of a, a TV special on makeup effects mm-hmm. and it was the guy who did American Werewolf in London and it's the Rick thriller Baker. video yeah, yeah, so Rick just Baker. seeing clips from those and like shots of blood coming out of mouths and stuff and that just the highlights hit all my buttons and I was like no I'm done I'm going to the other room for this when I was in second grade when the thriller video first got released and mm-hmm. I remember staying up for Friday night videos and that's when they first played that that eight and a half nine ten minute bastard oh, short film and I remember uh, that's that's one of the first times I remember being afraid of death and driving past cemeteries and mm-hmm. just wondering, like, is something going to push up? Is something, am I, if I see the ground, like, start blistering up, mm-hmm. and that's when I think a hand's going to come out. Even the movie, like, Ghoulies, those, those shitty little goofy movies like Ghoulies. The, I mean, the movie itself is douchey, stupid, but there's a scene where a man's body punches up through his grave and, like, starts shaking around in circles and screaming. And I was just like, <gasps> creep show, the anthology. Oh, oh yeah. God. And it's like, and you watch it and you're like, there's a lot of tongue in cheek, the lonesome death of Jordy Barrel. I mean, fuck, that's Stephen King, who's clearly the Academy Award winning actor, right. who would not have been out of place in Basket Case. Um, but, you know, you've got that. You know, I want my cake Bedelia. Um, whoa, whoa, back yes. up. Back up. Stephen King is a little bit higher class of actors than those people in that movie. Are not you listening most to most of them? No, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, like there's low. Like Stephen King low, and well, then there's like the, really bottom low, which was what Basket Case. Here, here's there. the reason it worked. Stephen King had one note in his creep show; he could only act the one note. Yeah. So they built the whole thing around That's that one it. note. That's right. right. The Precisely. other guys had like three notes, but they were always doing it at the wrong times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they were more multifaceted actors, and Stephen King was better put. But I remember, like, even speaking of that, The Shining as a little kid, watching it, mm. the the feeling, the music, the sharp. The sharp viola and violins being dragged across for certain scenes. Not, and even things I didn't understand, like the blowjob with the man in the fuzzy suit, you know, and the right. looking. Mm-hmm. I didn't I understand, still don't that. understand that. <laughs> and I was watching and I'm just like, that, that is the little kid's face of being terrified. I'm like, if that kid's terrified, I am terrified. Well, one of the great things about that movie is there's a thousand rooms in that hotel, and we see into like five of them. Mm-hmm. And two of those rooms completely destroy these people. How much more is going on in that building? Ugh. 
Um, and but, it's still there afterwards. Yeah. Yes. That's just it. There's thousands of rooms, and we don't know what's going on in most of them. We Unlike know the there's something in every room. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And just in that level, well, we're, like, we're done. Stephen King ruining his endings. Right. Or, you know, Jaws. I mean, I just remember, like, also shock scares. Jaws 2, when, when Chief Brody's waiting on the water, and he gets that, the, 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 uh, person who was doing the water skiing who was charred and like pops up out of the water like ah! just freaked the shit out of me um those are great atmospheric movies that'll stick with your guts i'd like to reiterate that basket case is not one of those movies <laughs> i'm shaking my fingers at the microphone because it's just like i like how this segment on bad milo just turned into more bashing on basket case basically. and also a brief history of horror films oh, and yeah. it, but the importance i mean the importance when we're Stop talking putting about structure in our podcast right we could and we could all about structure this is why i'm going to law school right and we could we could end up doing an entire hour or more just discussing like the facets of the things that like really first got in your guts oh, and they could yeah. get on like top 100 lists or top 10 lists and and the thing is, we'd be right because these are things that like, you know, flipped a little switch inside of our guts. I mean, mm-hmm. there are moments in Raiders of the Lost Ark that scared the shit out of us. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I, I guarantee each of our top ten oh, horror Kalima, movies list, Kalima. there's going to be yeah, or God, Ghostbusters. Like, well, the very beginning of Ghostbusters, that was like my mom and I holding hands in the theater, and as soon as that librarian turns around, even though there's like that fun ragtime piano that busts out as they run out, she turns into a goddamn demon, mm-hmm. and it was just like. I'm 10 years old shitting my pants. And by the way, Ghostbusters, still the best movie in my opinion, like comedy. Uh, just it hits the notes. I can see that, yeah. And I think if each of us made a top 10 list of our horror movies, each of us would have one movie the other two wouldn't even consider a horror movie just because it had a sequence that hit us at exactly the right time, the exactly right age. Ugh. Some Some comedy or action movie or... Goddamn kids running around with pets movie I saw, that just happened I saw to hit us at the right I guess point. it was about like a year and a half ago, I think it was called The Snowtown Murders. And oh, right. oh, it was just You and I talked about that. A really bad trip just in terms of like hitting <laughs> you like blow after blow with just like the dregs of humanity. Like oh, the worst sure. things that we do to each other. Because there's like uh, child rape and child mol- molestation and just like killing. It was just terrible. Mm, See, that I, was one of the most uh, visceral and hard movies I've ever watched. And see, I've heard of, like, Wolf Creek. Jesus. Have you seen Have you heard of Wolf Creek? Yeah, and then there's heard a of. sequel coming out. Oh, is there really? Oh, and yeah. that I heard is just, like, ugh. You, you can't see, even watch it because it's so bad. I, I got that with Welcome to the Dollhouse. Oh, really? I had oh, to right. pause that movie every five minutes. I could get through five minutes of that movie, and then I had to, like, get up and go for a walk Todd, and make a sandwich. Or, Todd Solondz has that effect when he releases. I mean, <sighs> think about movies like Happiness. Have <sighs> you seen, <laughs> but, you know, and, and we talk about that, um, Wolf Creek, the idea that there has to be a moment in these movies. Um, they say well, uh, the reason why a movie like The Strangers uh, just and my personal as a big kid and, and a homeowner, my personal greatest fear, home invasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie we talked about the movie uh, Unbreakable, and there's a scene where he figures out when Bruce Willis is getting his like superpowers, and he sees that guy walk to that dude's house and yeah. like pushes his way in, and the guy's like trying just to shut says the door. Nothing. Yeah, that's my nightmare. Like somebody coming to the door and is like, "Hi," and they're like trying to push my way in, and I've like jerked awake at night. And The Strangers, you have that. It's a home invasion tale. Horrifying, yes. But the point is, nothing good ever happens to the people you want to win. Mm-hmm. There's no moment of catharsis where you get a second and you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah, oh, they, they kicked one of them and they knocked him down. They are human. No, they just keep coming. They keep cutting phone lines. They, they manipulate. And at the end, what happens? They get stabbed. 
and the end. There's nothing positive there. And yeah, I mean, there's I, no pressure valve. No, release. no, no, not at all. And and I think, you know, in a movie like The Shining, when you think everything, oh, the shit's gonna hit the fan, when, uh, when he is useless, the kid is being chased out in the middle of ice cold winter, mm-hmm. but then that kid does something fucking smart. He stops, he starts walking backwards, and you're just like, Urgh! Yeah. I'd do that. And then he creeps through the goddamn maze. You're like, Urgh! he does it. He does it. So, it just, it, yeah, you're right. We would find like, Tons of movies as we were little kids, or videos, you know, or like fucking Miss Nelson is missing, you know. You can think about watching that on like the real, the real as a kid, or or the things that like made you feel ultimately super sad, like the Lorax on Real the Real, mm-hmm. the very end. You're just like, oh my god, that's that's super fucking depressing too, you know. All yeah, these I movies that we're being a kid and freaking out watching Benji, mm-hmm. Old Yeller. The, oh, there was a movie version of Way Benji. I want to say it was early was... 90s, maybe. But just, okay. yeah, the, that moment still sticks with me when I thought one of the dogs got killed. Because, yeah, dogs. Dogs. But, yeah. Yeah. And, and just, just that. And, it, you know, I'm 32 now. I'm cool. I'm a, I know dogs die sometimes, and I know usually they don't. It's that, that feeling, though, that white, cold feeling that drags itself down your spine. And that's, I think, yeah, in, a kick in the stomach. Right. And if this is going to be our Halloween episode, and if we're going to, like, we've, we've probably shat out a bunch of recommendations, even not even talking about our original two. One, uh, as these were my choices, I feel it very important that I, I apologize. <laughs> I think that Basket Case seemed like a pretty good idea at the time, but all good ideas do. Like bungee jumping and, you know, I don't know, like playing chicken in traffic. Um, but I would avoid it. I, and if we want to know what did it better, Bad Milo did it better. Josh has a, had a smarter idea for a pairing, but Bad Milo is a better movie than Basket Case. Isn't saying a hell of a lot, but you're still going to probably get more chuckles for than what you're looking for. I would like to watch The Brood, actually, because I do think it would be a good pairing here. We didn't really compare them, per se, in terms of just... Yeah back head to head here like right. in terms of so what do you want to talk about like some of the stuff that I know that came up like we were talking about there's lots of window shops of small creatures escaping through windows yeah mm-hmm. that happened a lot uh, what else happened well, it made more sense in Bad Milo because there's that whole like it's coming out of this guy's ass there's this whole like male version of birth going on mm-hmm. throughout the entire movie it opens with an ultrasound of his colon mm-hmm. there isn't but, really yeah, any of that going, in basket case bursting out of a window is this whole like birth from the house I did like thing. that they both had like a psychic connection thing going yeah. on I well, thought that again, was again the psychic connection and the super strength is pretty much the only way these tiny things can be at all threatening and and the toilet and, but it was variable like strength depending on how long they wanted the scene to go on right, <laughs> right. exactly yeah I mean if it's attacking Patrick Warburton, he's just going to go down and die. If he's, but if it's attacking, if it's attacking his pregnant, his, his pregnant his, wife. Yeah, his pregnant, freaking out wife. And I suppose you could read be it. able to struggle it off long enough for him to show up. And I suppose you could read like into that because like it's supposed to be like part of his subconscious, Bad Milo. Is. Right, yeah. yeah. Which and was he's like, like, he doesn't really, really want to kill his It was a really good wife. idea for Bad Milo because that gave them a lot of excuses. Mm-hmm. Since it's part of him, There's you can do that. It can be. Yeah, they wanted the boss dead, so boom. And you can, you know, and I think you can dissect it. And I, like I pointed out before, it's it really is like supposed to be like, is this person ready to make these decisions in their life? Are they? I mean, is he going to be a good husband, a good father, and mm-hmm. is he got daddy issues? And they, and they bring that to light. And I think that's what's trying to make it like more legit. 
Yeah. Of a movie? Well, every good horror movie has that. I mean, the vampire movies are about the fear of the exotic, and the right. zombie movies are about the fear of mass consumerism, and... and uh, if that's what they're going and, for. Right. And mm-hmm. Alien is about the fear of rape, and right. Ghostbusters is about the fear of the afterlife, and Predator is <laughs> about the fear of being stalked by an invisible monster in the jungle. You Alien. Know, these universal things. Alien is about double rape! hey <sighs> you had to bring up rape, didn't you? That's that's what the allegory H.R. Geiger and uh, Ridley yeah. Scott have said it before. It's, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty wow. And they're like, they're like, I would like to have something where the man gets raped and have this happen and have it be violent and brutal, and I want this to be an exhibition. And that's why it was like resounding. Personally, I just have a face and a stomach thing now. Mm-hmm. Don't drink the worm, kids. Poor John Hurt. Poor John Hurt. So uh, anyway, avoid, avoid, avoid. Basket case, you're not missing anything. You give a bad lie though, a review or a that, recommendation though. I would, yeah, I would say check her out, give her a whirl. If if it comes out in a format that a doesn't have fucked up sound. Yeah, well, yeah. that was part of my laptop syncing just with my TV because we were watching it on iTunes. We could only watch that by syncing my laptop yeah. to the TV. But well, if at least they were talented actors saying the lines because then it was. Okay, I get where they're going with this. If it had been just flat line readings, yep. Like I say this line in this row. Let's go in here. An offline reading this room now. might have added something more to Basket Case. If this had, if this had been a a trauma movie in Bad Milo, I probably wouldn't have given a second blank. No. You know, mm-hmm. like Poultry Geist or one of those other fucking weird ones. So it's Thanksgiving, everybody. You can watch Poultry Geist. <laughs> yeah, let's watch Poultry Geist and, and whatever. Did they make a full-length version of Thanksgiving? That little... Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes, I think they did. We'll watch that and the Ginger Dead Man in time for fucking... Christmas. Again, uh. they're putting money in the jar. I I would like to take a moment to defend Basket Case a bit. Not much. Not much. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I bad quit. Mile- yeah. quit. That's, that's my $10. I get the jar. Um, the Okay, so Bad Milo is a movie I would watch again, whereas Basket Case is not. I feel like I've gotten everything out of Basket Case I ever need. But Bad Milo was fun. I would enjoy watching it again. But I le- uh, there's a level of me that prefers the movies that aren't um, going with that post-irony, like, tongue-in-cheekness to them. <laughs> that, that prefers the movies that are legitimately trying to be just straight horror movies with moments of comedy, but some moments of intentional comedy. Let me clarify that. Because there were a lot of moments of unintentional comedy in Bas- Basket Case. There, there's a part of me that prefers... That they're trying to make just a scary movie. They're not trying to make this, you know, winking at itself sort of scary movie. Bad Milo is very much winking at itself and nudging the audience like, eh, you going along with us on this? It's in his ass. <laughs> Isn't jokes. that ridiculous? But jokes. He's going he's to make a poop face again. Yeah. Basket Case isn't. I mean, it, it does feel like a labor of love from the director, which, you know, God help that guy. But... Well, what was it trying to say? It doesn't. It doesn't strike me as a contemplative. No, it, well, it wasn't trying to say not, anything. It's not it a revenge to... movie, which is trying to maybe at, at well, the yeah, heart it, trying to be. It's, it's, it's to failing at a lot of what it's trying to do. Let me let me put it that way. I mean, you got the I, kid. It's definitely not trying to say anything deeper. Like Bad Milo is definitely saying deeper things. It's about responsibility and about when you're ready to become a father. Well, and this one, mm-hmm. the kid's trying to like let go of his. <laughs> he's trying to let go of his attachments, which he is carrying <laughs> with him. <laughs> In a basket case 
Um, Wait, that's got to be the hardiest goddamn basket in the world. It's a wicker basket. Never gets a drop of blood on it. Yeah, they were able to knock broken. off the lock on it without really with the, with the, the with the half-ass yeah. foot stomp. Yeah, it was just like put your oh yeah, and this Kung this feet. mutant thing that covered in the blood of people. It's just torn in half. This isn't a small amount of blood. Just crawls in. Basket's totally clean. Absolutely clean. I've never seen a clean wicker basket in my life. And this one's spotless. Yeah. So I mean, the kid is carrying his attachments around. Yeah. He wants to. He wants to pursue. You know, big yeah, kid I'm... relationships. He wants to like let go of this bullshit. And his whether it be his psychic connection mm-hmm. or his 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 inherent response. Uh, Josh can't even. I can't even keep a straight face. His sense right. of responsibility to this part of himself. You know, I mean, I I personally keep in a cigar box all of my toenail and fingernail clippings and haircuts. It's got to be because, a big cigar box by mm-hmm. now. Well, you know, it's it's. I'm starting to try to form into sort of a golem kind of thing. You know, it's, I'm teaching it how to play chess. It's called a homunculus. Homunculus, is what yeah. You want. Yes. Yeah. Just You'll don't... need a bit of dried blood and some rose petals. Right. I haven't been using blood. I'm using other stuff. Anyway, um, you also need that. Yes. Dark chocolate, probably. Uh, <laughs> but you know, get that checked if it's dark. Right. So anyway. Anyway. My point is, is like I can I can see where you could yeah. defend it, and I don't oh, know if that's where you were going with it. A, but. a little bit, and there's there's one more point that I works. I like it. It's something that's happened in movies in the last I don't know ten fifteen years. I'm not going to put a timeline on it. Recently though, there's not as much. It's not required that there be karmic retribution anymore. Like in Basket Case, they do all these murders, and maybe they're killing bad people, but they're killing people. And spoiler, at the end they die. You know you can't. You can't reconcile the brothers and have them be fine because there's blood on their hands. They've mm-hmm. murdered. They've got to pay for that. Yes. And that's like that's like movie law. It's not even, you know, a code imposed by anyone else. It's just it feels proper. And Bad Milo, spoiler, doesn't happen. There's all these murders. They've got blood on their hands. And at the end, they do reconcile and there's no payment made for it. And while I'm fine with that, I'm not saying every movie's got to have some sort of, you know, external morality applied to sure. it where the characters get mm-hmm. what they deserve. It it feels more proper for a goofy horror movie that the people who deserve it get it in the end because part of these movies being a release is that they aren't like those really hard-to-watch movies like Happiness and Welcome to the Dark. Who is really the where... villain of Bad Milo? Like, exactly. There exactly. That, that's part of the movie. The characters are allowed to be more complex now that they're not... It's not, you know, good guys are fine and bad guys die. The Everyone's more blurred. But at the same time, you know, the, the laws used to be you've killed people, you have to die. It's, and, like, it's the, the only real villains of Bad Milo are the ones that died, basically. The bad doctor, for yeah. one. Patrick Warburton's character. They, they the obnoxious. Off. The obnoxious people. Right. Like, I mean, that happens. Uh, one of the connecting points in this we didn't talk about was, like, one of, there are bad doctors in both of these films. And that bad doctors lead to kind of... Bad decisions in uh, Basket Case in terms of splitting apart the twins, and then in <laughs> just medical mishaps altogether. Oh, mishaps. and that's—I guess that's the other thing. Look at—I mean—an inappropriate fertility doctor. Okay, yeah. So, so they cut off this like conjoined twin, and nowadays apparently it wasn't even that hard either because they were just connected by flesh. Well, they right. Yeah, they mentioned. Like, no, they're like, oh, it's super that, easy. That's not a conjoined well, twin. That's just we pulled like a woman into her toilet seat because she sat on it for three years. Well, that's. that's that didn't make her a conjoined twin with her toilet. No, but that's but that's the thing. They, that they take thing? That's really disgusting. Yeah, that really happened. They throw it in the hefty. <laughs> People are weird. They throw it in the hefty, hefty cinch sack, and he pops out of bed after having like getting part of his body removed, and 
rescues his conjoined twin. But they weren't doing it out of some sort of fucked up malice. The dad, yeah, was yelling that my wife died and I don't want that thing here. And that was like a generic form of like, ew, you know, throw that tumor with arms away. And the dad, uh, before, lest we forget, meets oh, the most fucked up and tragic end and ridiculously most, complicated it's, way. It's the home alone, home build murder kit. Yeah. Wearing, wearing his, his... Because it was good. like the big rotating saw they in the middle of it. And then there was like circular knives, knives and, and axes. Onto and like, a red wagon. Yeah. And then they just let it go. And he's like, ah! And then the best special effect in the history of special <laughs> effects. You see the legs, you see blood fall, and then you see the legs fall separate directions. It's just like a shot of his shins. Yeah. yeah. Of, of his two legs they, like falling. Yeah. Like, and they bounced exactly as if they there was nothing above the knees. There right. was no weight to them. I expected it to be leg, leg, torso, or something. Mm. It landed so lightly. You could, you could almost hear the word action. Missed opportunity right there. Right? You could hear the word action, and then you could almost hear like somebody going, That was really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's that so really got cut cool. In half. Good job, guys. That's awesome. Dozens um, of people spent their whole weekend making that movie. Let's put these babies to rest. Yeah, yes. I'm done. So uh, that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I'm probably going to be banned for life from Double Bills, or at least until I come up with something a little bit more cerebral and heady like Mr. J-Hump does with La Luna and uh, Mr. Mixelpitalik, Mr. Herfurfer. Vahid Vahid. Mr. Vidvid. Uh, <laughs> Miss Vidvid. Um, and no, Quiffwick. 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 Yes. Uh, I need to come up with something more cerebral. So if you do like it, if you're uh, checking us out on Facebook, I mean, honestly, if you think, if you guys have a suggestion, let's give us a listen and then just shoot it out there. Who knows? We might yeah, I, I'm open to whatever anybody puts out there. It doesn't matter. I don't care. As long as you have a strong theme, I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just not like to torture us. Yeah, please. Yeah, Don't torture us. I get enough of that for my actual co-host. <laughs> right. <laughs> sorry. Because I'm the dick. You're not sorry. I'm the dick. I'm not sorry at all. Yeah, Bad Milo, so. give it a whirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, basket case, I would suggest maybe going out, having a great Thanksgiving, thaw that bird out, and recreate your own scenes at home. It's fun. Oof. Is that it? That's all I got, friends. For varying definitions of fun. Ryan, uh, you're up next here, buddy. What you oh, am I now? Oh, oh, God. Now I'm actually on the Now spot. you're on the spot. You all have right, to decide. Well, then I can talk a little bit if you need a little no, bit no, more time. No, no, no. I'll commit. Like, I'll commit. I had some ideas. It's just a matter of one, which one we do next. Uh, the next one, I would like to examine the idea of the inanimate human-like object becoming real because it is, it's this uncanny valley sort of thing. And we will be doing that with the Doctor Who episode Blink, which introduced the Weeping Angels, and the 1980s epic Mannequin. And they're fucking getting on my case. I'm so, I'm so, yeah, I know. You can get on my case Jesus. next time. I'm so on this. I'm really excited for this pairing. I don't, I can't tell you. When you first told me about that you might do something like this, I was just like, on board. I'm ready to go. And I wanted to, I wanted to get some television I in am, there. I am so, I'm excited to find out why. Because after living through Mannequin several times on HBO. Well, partly, I have never seen Mannequin. It's part of my 80s shut gap. Shut up. Right? And I, I think I've excellent. seen Mannequin, and but I it was honestly, when I was really young. I have no idea right. what it's even about. Well, yeah, I may have seen half of it on Fox and three. But you were telling sometime. me that you it's like Mannequin is like a movie you could piece together yourself without having well, seen it's, it. Well, I'm it's sorry. also it's a romantic comedy. I can you a romantic Andrew, comedy from the eighties. Andrew McCarthy, Boom, you have written half of it. Just fill in, <laughs> and he's a dog who's been turned into a gerbil. Now, you, you, whatever. <laughs> Andrew McCarthy when he was hot, Kim Cattrall when she was hot. Oh, I saw right. the Kim movie Cattrall. like oh, I Kim saw Cattrall. the movie like a couple of times. What I saw 
a fuck ton more was back when they had like VH1 and MTV video tie-ins that basically showed you the entirety of the movie in a three and a half to five minute video. Ah. And this was... Now you have to go to YouTube for that. Fucking, well, yeah. YouTube Starship, nothing gonna stop us now. And then if you're still nothing with us, friends... stop us now. Yeah. Because <laughs> we can build a dream together. Ah, God, anyway. I hate myself for thinking that. Friends, thank you very much. Uh... This that, has been Double Bill. This has been Double, Double Bill. Bill. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Facebook and Twitter. Our theme music was... Uh, That's by the inimitable Anna Weggle. Anna Weggle. You can listen to more of her work at AnnaWeggle.com. If you want. If you want You don't to. have to. You probably should. You probably should, though. She's pretty awesome. She is pretty cool. I like her a lot. Ditto. Thank you, boys. Thank you very Thank much. You. Until next time, friends. This has been Double Bill. Double, Double Bill. Kill it with fire. Kill it with fire or scalpels in the face. Mostly with fire. Double bill, double bill. Comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill. It's double bill.